We were talking about flooding and atmospheric rivers in um, Yellowstone National Park in the last uh, 15 minutes. Now we're going to talk about El Nino and La Nina. You may have heard those terms before, climate patterns of the Pacific Ocean. Um, we're kind of been stuck in a La Nina pattern, I believe, over the last little while in, in Western Canada for a few years at least. Um, now, normally we would start to shift back to an El Nino situation, but apparently that's not really what's happening, or at least that might not be what's happening. And there are implications of that. And it could mean uh, not so nice weather, at least chillier, I think. But to clear this all up, Dr. Bill Merrifield is a research scientist at Environment and Climate Change Canada. And he joins us now to uh, demystify and explain some of this. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Good to be with you. So just for listeners who may forget exactly what a La Nina is, uh, but but it's it never seems to bring nice weather with it. I could be wrong. Yeah, well, it uh, depends where you live. Um, so uh, La Nina and its um, flip side, El Nino, uh, are actually a um, sort of seesaw phenomenon that happens uh, thousands of kilometers away from us uh, in the uh, Pacific Ocean, way down by the equator. And uh, so the warmest waters on Earth are typically, uh, ocean waters are typically in the far western Pacific over by Indonesia. They're pushed that way by the, the trade winds, which run from uh, west to east, but every so often, sorry, east to west, but every so often those will let up, those waters will rush towards South America, the warm waters, and that's El Nino. Uh, La Nina is the opposite, where the trade winds get stronger and push those warm waters even farther to the west, and uh, these warm waters exert a very strong influence on the circulation of the atmosphere over much of the world, so if they shift, uh, the climate patterns uh, shift, and that can strongly affect uh, Western Canada, especially in winter and, and into spring. So we've had a couple of uh, La Nina winters in a row, I gather. It would be rare perhaps to have yet another one, but that seems to be uh, maybe what's about to happen, a third La Nina winter. What does that mean? Uh, well, uh, yeah, that is uh, what is predicted to happen. Uh, Environment Canada's models are predicting maybe something like a um, 70 to 80% chance that we'll hit a third consecutive uh, La Nina, which, are, uh, which is being called a, a triple dip. Uh, so it's not completely unprecedented. If you go back to 1950, it uh, did happen once in the middle 1970s and again uh, right around um, the, the millennium. Uh, but it is unusual. And uh, But on the other hand, La Nina does uh, tend to... Uh, be a little bit more persistent. El Nino will usually be one and done from one winter to the next. La Nina, it's not unusual for it to last two years and not, you know, impossible for it to last three. So what hap what happens then? What kind of winter maybe we be in for if a La Nina sticks around for its uh, for its third consecutive year? Well, uh, typically, what uh, whatever La Nina brings to, uh, particularly to Western Canada, uh, which uh, is uh, most uh, strong uh, influences to have cool conditions, usually from Yukon right down uh, into Southwest Canada, often extending across the prairies um, to, to Central Canada. If we have a really strong El Nino or La Nina, that, that uh, the warm El Nino influence or cool La Nina influence can extend over, you know, across much of the country. Um, it, it does, does it bring cool? I mean, I, I feel like we're in the middle of one right now because it's been so cold this June in, in, in parts of, at least in BC, uh, coastal BC. Uh, but, but it does, it does cause sort of a more unpredictable, at least cooler winter. Is that not the case with La Nina? 
yes, cool winter, and that influence uh, can, it does tend to fade as we approach summer, but it can extend into April, May, or even uh, June as we're experiencing quite unusually this year. Anyone uh, sort of in the, in the prairies and west has been uh, experiencing, you know, a truly uh, awful uh, late, late spring, you know, lots of uh, cool temperatures and lots of rain. So maybe another one, maybe another one of these next next spring as well. Um, well our models clear. are predicting that it it will start to maybe dissipate after once we get into the new year. But uh, you know that far out, it's uh, it's never a sure thing. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, what, what do we? I mean, in terms of just there are some benefits though. I think to having a bit of a wet, cool spring that we're seeing right now. Uh, you know, in terms of just rainfall and and it's sort of avoiding what we saw last summer with all that heat and dryness. What are things looking like uh, going? Going, in, going into this year? Uh, well, uh, I mean, too much of anything is bad, and uh, there's actually been quite a lot of uh, uh, negative influence on, I mean, if, if the uh, uh, extreme heat and dryness uh, last summer, uh, which we were starting to experience at this time, was bad, uh, really so is what we've been having. I mean, what I've been hearing in terms of agriculture is, you know, planting of crops has been delayed. Uh, you know, crop insurance is, is being, you know, invalidated. Farmers are having to make unusual decisions. And, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, agricultural production could be uh, negatively affected. I mean, there may be crops, you know, that love this, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not my area. Not your, not your, mine neither, actually. We have, we do have people we talk to eventually about these things. Apparently it's been bad in some areas, better in some areas of Alberta. We're certainly seeing a lot of rain. I mean, we, we were just talking about Yellowstone National Park and the word atmospheric river came up again, which is a word I know you're a term you're intimately familiar with. Um, but yeah, we've had a really, I mean, we're seeing some really destructive weather once again, but this time flooding. And I'm thinking back to last year, we were just about to hit that heat dome. Uh, so this year, a very different scenario. Uh, yes, very different indeed. And uh, I mean, the, uh, the the heat dome was uh, uh, an event that was, you know, still very unusual. But uh, what uh, our um, colleagues in Environment Canada have been saying is, if it weren't for the uh, you know warming influence of greenhouse gases, uh, it wouldn't have been unusual. It would have been nearly uh, nearly impossible. So uh, early indications are we we don't expect uh, uh, at least in in British Columbia the odds are tilted toward a cooler to, to normal um, summer and uh, maybe uh, better chances for, for warmth, uh, you know, in, in the east. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, these, these are sort of uh, uh, tilting of, of the odds and, and not a sure thing in these forecasts. Yeah, these are always difficult. So just to to go back to where we started, you're looking at a 70 to 80% chance of a third La Nina, a third triple dip. So uh, just to sum up for, for listeners, particularly at this time of day, a lot of them are living on west, the prairies in west. Uh, what would that mean for uh, for winter and spring next year cooler? Uh, well, it would probably mean a, a winter and spring uh, a lot like we've been been having, which is, uh, you know, if, if you if you look back in the last few winters, uh, particularly in the far west of Canada, uh, we haven't really had a, uh, an especially warm one in, until you go back to 2016, the first part of 2016. And that was uh, when we were having a monster uh, El Nino, which uh, tends to have that effect. We, uh, you know, have temperatures three, four above degrees above um, uh, normal in the western provinces. So, uh, yeah, so we're looking at uh, cool to, um, uh, you know, definitely on the cool side uh, and possibly more 
possibly snowier than usual. So um, could be a, a good bet for a good ski season, at least. Which is great, but I can't send those pictures of us sunning in January back to my folks in, uh, in Ottawa and Montreal. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight, Bill Merrifield. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.